This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Have you ever felt the need to make an official complaint about the care you or a loved one received in the healthcare system? About 2,000 people lodged complaints with the patient ombudsman between 2016 and 2017, and the office's first annual report is out today. Most of the complaints were about hospitals, with 20% related to home care and 10% about long-term care. But here's the thing. Many people hesitate to voice their concerns because they're afraid of reprisals. Have you ever felt that way? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Also, the report reinforces something we've been hearing a lot about lately, and that is what happens when people are ready to leave the hospital but have nowhere to go. Christine Elliott is Ontario's first patient ombudsman, and she joins me now. Hello, Christine. Hello, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. Well, thank you. Well, uh, what surprised you about this report? Um, a few things. One was the um, the complexity of the complaints that we receive. It's not unusual for one complaint to maybe involve a hospital, a physician, a nurse, perhaps even long-term care and even home care. So it, what we need to do at our office is separate all of those strands to deal with the things that, that we can deal with that are within our jurisdiction and then help patients or caregivers navigate their way to the appropriate places to deal with the other parts of their complaints. So I think the complication of the complaints was, was one um, surprise for us. But the other surprise, which was a very good one, was the goodwill that exists between both patients and caregivers wanting to both resolve their individual complaints but also improve the health care system as well as the health sector organizations really wanting to respond in a meaningful way. So I really hope that our office can be that bridge that can connect the two groups and really be able to bring about ba- better patient satisfaction as well as an improvement in our health care system. What about this fear of reprisals? Tell me about that. That is a concern that was expressed to us across all three areas that we deal with, hospitals, long-term care homes, and home care, but particularly in long-term care, that a number of both patients as well as their family members said that they were afraid that if they raised a complaint about care, that the care of their loved one would suffer. And so we did receive a number of calls where people, once they found out that we did need to have a specific complaint to investigate didn't want to proceed further. They were hoping that we could proceed anonymously, but except for own motion 
investigations, which we can do, are mostly on systemic issues. If it's a specific care issue, we do need to have a specific complaint by a specific person. And and what did you tell them when they expressed those fears? I mean, frankly, those fears make sense to me if you're talking about long-term care. Well, I think that I tell them that I we wouldn't expect that that would happen, but I can't guarantee that it won't. And family members are concerned because they can't be there 24 hours a day. And so they, they continue to have those concerns, even when we tell them that it's important for them to let the organization know if they have complaints, and that the hope is that the uh, long-term care home would receive it not just as a complaint, but for an opportunity to do better. Because if people do raise complaints, they do it because there's real concern there. And most um, health sector organizations that we deal with, in fact, the majority, want to understand what the concerns are so that they can raise their level of patient satisfaction and care. you know, I'm assuming that uh, this kind of fear, as you just said, relates mostly to long-term care. We've been talking a lot about it, and there's a major inquiry going on right now. Uh, is is that going to be a better way to resolve this? Um, it might be. I imagine that the investigation will hear concerns of that nature, that there are some things that people feel comfortable about to express to a long-term care home, but other things that they won't. So perhaps this will be an opportunity through that inquiry to ask those questions and let those complaints and issues be known. But certainly there's responsibility on the part of my office too to work on that because we want to make sure that everyone who has an issue feels um, safe in making that complaint to our office, knowing that we will deal with all of the information we receive in a confidential manner, and that we will really try to resolve the issue to make things better, both for their loved ones, as well as for everyone else who um, is a resident of a long-term care home. Um, Your report says that you resolved 70% of complaints, and that sounds pretty good to me. Um, What are the timelines usually like? How long does it take from receiving the complaint? It really depends because some of the complaints that we receive are just, there's a single issue that has to be resolved and that can maybe be resolved in a a few days or a few phone calls. Others are going to take a longer period of time. At some point though, we have to make a determination as to whether an early resolution is possible or if we need to move it up the line to have it become an investigation, which is a much more formal process. But in our experience, we found that both with patients and caregivers as well as the health sector organizations, they really want to resolve things as quickly as possible and as close to the source as possible. So our staff, um, who I'm very proud of, have really spent a lot of time working with both Uh, groups to try and come to a resolution that maybe is a little bit outside the box, but it's something that when you have a a fresh pair of eyes on it, uh, can lead to um, a resolution where one might not have thought possible at the beginning. Okay, um, I want to take some calls. I know, Christine, your time is limited. Um, So let's go to Barbara in Hamilton. Hello, Barbara. Hello, Libby and Christine. I'll try to keep this really brief, but first of all, I do want you to know that most of my experiences with the doctors have been great. 
They have been advocates for me and really supportive. But I had one really bad experience. It almost cost me my life. And I, I was scared. I ended up being really scared, even though one doctor supported me and told me I needed to report it. But I, it just scared me because it did need to happen, first of all. Um, it was a chief of surgeon involved, and um, I was in a lot of pain. I had broken my arm, and I won't go into a lot of details. You don't have time for that. But I, he ended up coming at the foot of my bed, and the nurses kept saying, you have to tell them you're in pain, and I did. And my friend was with me, and she said, well, they think you're retarded. And anyway... I told him I was in pain. It wasn't get better. Thank God for the resident. He came down day and night, tried to position the arm, tried to do different things. And he said, I would love to take this cast off and see what's going on underneath. And Barbara, said, in the end, did you make a complaint? No. And I you... was too afraid. I didn't know where it would go. I'm not a perfect person. I'm I'm scared in a hospital, even worse sometimes now. But I have to I had been hospital hospitalized after and it was a good experience. Okay, Barbara, I'm but, gonna let Christine respond. Thanks for your call. Oh well Barbara, I'm sorry that you had such a a, a terrible experience and I, I hope that in the future, um, that if anything happens, hopefully it won't happen again or anything bad like that but if it did I hope that you would feel encouraged to give our office a call to see if we can be of assistance Um, sometimes when we have things that happen in a hospital it's very difficult for our office to know if we have jurisdiction to deal with the complaint or not because any complaints against a medical professional have to go to the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario and we cannot deal with it and I know that a lot of people are concerned about um, going to another organization like that but what we are going to do in my office next year is really try and work with CPSO to make sure that if we Um, refer people to that office because our office can't help them. We want to make sure that they are going to have their complaint handled in in a timely manner and being cognizant of the fact that it is difficult for many people to come forward. So we want people to be treated kindly and compassionately. And so we want to reach out and work with all of the other organizations that may be involved in a, a complaint or care to make sure that all aspects of the healthcare system are open to patient uh, complaints and compliments. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm just going to try to move along to get a couple of these calls in really quickly. Uh, we've got Avril in Richmond Hill. Hello, Avril. Hello. How are you? Fine. Uh, yes, I I wanted to call because um, I'm really really glad when I, I when I heard uh, last year that Christine Elliott was going to be the ombudsman uh, for the hospitals. I was thrilled because uh, I knew she would do a good job. Uh, my mother, unfortunately, uh, the last time she passed a few months ago, but I'm unfortunately. She was, thank you. Uh, she was uh, in, and the last time she was hospitalized was uh, 2015. She was hospitalized both in 20, and we, I went through absolute horrendous, horrendous time because of the fact that she was a senior and she was also having 
some behavioral problems that they diagnosed as dementia that was really UTI problems causing, uh, uh, if you have a severe UTI and you're a senior, you often uh, have behavioral problems. It affects your mind. But she was diagnosed when she first came in with uh, Alzheimer's and actually the chief uh, uh, of staff, the surgeon, actually told me I should put her in uh, palliative care and basically put her down. And actually she lived uh, three and a half more years after that. She didn't have dementia. But she, uh, in, in that particular time, she came in with a severe infection and she couldn't walk for the three and a half weeks she was there. Well, she was in bed and they wouldn't walk her. So my mom came home and was disabled until she died because they refused to walk her in the hospital. They said she wasn't, uh, she wasn't in orthopedic, therefore they couldn't walk her. And she spent the, the last two and a half years of her life laying in bed. And she wasn't crippled. She just had severe arthritis and had needed. So, and I did complain. I went to the hospital advocate who was wonderful uh, but they can only do so much. I complained to Cleo about the home care to CCAC. I went right to the top, and I got nowhere. So I'm happy that now uh, there is someone who can at least handle uh, these these uh, uh, complaints and hopefully at least rectify some of them. So I just wanted to say that. Okay, thank you for your call. Christine, uh, do you want to respond to that? Sure. Well, thank you for your call, Avril, and I'm very sorry for first for your loss and the, the very negative experience that you and your mother had. Um, I think that what you've just described really is um, very typical of the kinds of complaints that, that we receive in our office that aren't just a single issue, that there's a, a number of factors that come into play. Some may be the doctor, some may be what they did in the hospital, some may be home care, and that's the, the kind of um, nature of the complaint we receive that's fairly complicated until you set everything apart, and that's what our early resolution officers do is set it apart, tell you what we can help you with, and where give you a number and a contact person of where you can deal with the rest of the concern. But what we're also finding is at the end of the day, people want to come back to our office to pull everything together, to pull all of the information together that they've received. And I think that function is something that is, is really necessary that patients are telling us that that they need someone to help navigate the system and help sort of put all of the pieces together. So we're certainly happy to serve in that capacity as well. Okay, Christine, I think uh, I, I want to take a couple more calls. Do you have time or do we let you go now? Um, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to go, but I really, really appreciate the opportunity and I'm, I'm happy to, um, to be involved again if that would be helpful. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, my pleasure. Thank okay, you. that's Christine Elliott. I am going to take a couple more calls on this subject right now. We've got William in Toronto. Hi, William. Hi. My experience is this very quickly. Uh, the ombudsman is there for damage control, and they do not advocate uh, in between the uh, patient and, and the hospital. Uh, their jurisdiction is limited, and the number of complaints that are uh, being filed is an indicator of how broken the system is, and especially when an MPP sends out a nationwide um, a uh, newsletter to all his constituents and everyone else in his parties complaining about the care of his father that he was getting in the hospital. 
Um, and you cannot move patients from the hospital uh, unless uh, it's impossible to move them to another hospital under unless there's circumstances that are uh, very strict. And uh, uh, the way the union is uh, working with, with the uh, nurses, uh, they limit the standard of care because they have a job description, and it amounts to a broken system where everyone is just going through the motions and doing nothing about it. Yeah, I I hear you, William, and I think that that is a problem, that whole jurisdiction thing. Uh, Thank you very much for sharing your story. Thank you for listening. Okay, uh, and let's go to Jerry in Brampton. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Abby. I'll be very quick. I just want to mention I had a family member that was in hospital uh, for some minor uh, minor surgery who was diabetic and was given uh, medication at the hospital who... They didn't bother to check oh my the meds God. that he was on. And around 3 o'clock in the morning, he was in distress. He called his mother, and she came over, and he was just in real bad shape. And her, one of her sons is also a doctor, and she called him up. And because she couldn't work the camera part of her phone, so he wanted a picture of him. She held the phone to his mouth. He wanted to hear his breathing. And right, right away, he said, stay there. He was immediately transferred into another hospital. And he spent five days in intensive care. Had we not gone there during the night to see uh, to attend to him, he would have been dead by morning. That is uh, truly frightening. And boy, is he lucky he has a brother who's a doctor. Uh, Jerry, thank you very much for sharing your story. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, obviously, I think we're going to have to uh, revisit this topic. But right now, we're taking a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about another big topic here, loyalty rewards. I'm sure everyone by now has heard that uh, PC Plus and Optimum are going to merge. 19 million people hold those cards. What does it mean for you and your rewards? We're going to tackle that when we come back after the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.